Well, I want to invite our children to go ahead and head out to children worship. This is for ages uh, three to uh, fifth grade. And so there's definitely awesome classes available to them. And also, if you have a little one from zero to two, we have nursery that will be open uh, throughout the service that is available to you. And if you are a mom and you're, you need some time to feed your child or just they're getting a little fussy, uh, I invite you to go ahead. There's a, a room off to the side where you can still see the service, hear the service. And uh, we've actually been doing some changes to uh, that room to make it a little more mom-friendly because it's been my office and it's been not mom-friendly because I'm not a very... Uh, clean person. <laughs> and so we've cleaned it up a bit, got some new chairs, and uh, we're just making it a little bit more uh, available to you guys. So uh, if you don't know where it is, uh, the greeter's there and she'll help you find that. So uh, we are in the last week of our uh, series on next steps. And uh, this is just going to be an uh, awesome time of just uh, really taking a, an evaluation of our faith and seeing where we're at, uh, how we can take it to that next place and where, where God's calling you to grow. Uh, we, we talked about worship and the ways that you can grow in your worship. We talked about uh, grow, how you can grow in your faith. We talked about um, serving and all those places where you can just, God can use you in some great ways. And uh, we last week and now this week, we're ending on multiply and how God can multiply your faith in other people. And so we're going to be jumping into that. But before we get too far into it, I just want to pray for all of us and, uh, and uh, ask God to bless this time. God, we thank you so much that you uh, are here with us, God, that you've been here since uh, we started. Uh, before we started, God, you were present, God. Uh, thank you so much that you were with us on our car drive here, and uh, you were with us as we got out of the car. You, got, you were with us as we entered the building, God, because you are not just in a building, uh, God, you are in your people and wherever your people are, you are. And we thank you that you are here present amongst your people. And so uh, I pray right now that you'd help each person to just be ready to receive a message from you, God, that it's not about me uh, or any one person standing up here, God, but it's all about you. And so we just give you this time, we give you our minds, we give you our attention, and we thank you that you're gonna do so much more with it than we could ever dream. In your name we pray, amen. All right, well, um, I need to confess something to you guys. Uh, there is a website that I have a really hard time avoiding. It's a website that I have uh, just one of those moments where it just kind of connects with me and I, I have a hard time controlling myself with it. And uh, what's interesting with it is uh, many times I will avoid it at all costs. I will ignore their ads. They'll send me emails and I'll say, no, not today, Satan, no way. And, and there, there's other times that I'll just like try my best to just say, you know, I'll click on it and click off it real fast. And be like, no, no, we're not, we're not doing that today. Uh, and and uh, because what ends up happening each time that I click on it is hours of my day gets taken away and usually money is uh, spent on things that I don't truly need. Uh, and this uh, website, I have to confess to you, is called Kickstarter. Uh, I love this website. And maybe some of you are familiar with it. Um, if you aren't, you're, you're blessed. Don't go there. Uh, the whole idea behind it is that you back different projects uh, and help uh, you know, 
fund different projects that people are working on. So this could be uh, just new gear uh, that you're going to buy for your car. It could be stuff like clothes. They have all kinds of random things, films that they're going to create. Um, my personal vices on it are usually camera gear and uh, board games. As you've heard from my last sermon, I love board games, and they have all kinds of board games on there, and I really have a hard time not just like geeking out over all of it. Uh, but I, it, what I love about this website is it's, it's, you're, you're investing into people's dreams. You're investing into people's projects, but there's a little bit of a risk with it because you're buying something that doesn't exist yet, usually. You're buying something that someone says they're, they're going to make, and then you hope that they're going to make it in a way that is going to be great and fun and uh, exactly what they promised. But there's no reviews on it. There's no like YouTube videos on it that you can be like, okay, this is, yeah, this really is a good thing. Uh, you kind of just got to trust the person that what they're going to sell to you is truly what you're buying. Now, there's been great times that I've had success with a Kickstarter. Uh, bought many board games. Uh, actually, recently, I bought a game called Throw Throw Burrito. Maybe you've seen it at Target. Uh, my youth kids all just now start shaking their head. They're like, yes, because we play this in youth group. And uh, it's, you just get these little plushy um, burritos and uh, throughout the game, you will end up throwing these at, uh, you know, people who are playing, usually at their face, or that's where I aim. Um, that's just my personal preference. And it's a really fun game, and it's been a hit. The youth group loves it. I love it. It's a fun game. And then there's other things, like this uh, one little stuffed animal called Lucas. And maybe you've seen this if you have a kid. He's called Lucas the Spider. Uh, there's YouTube videos on it. If you want to waste, like, some time, go ahead and watch it. It's really cute. Um, my boys love it. And so there was a fund to, to fund this thing. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. That'll be a fun Christmas, you know, gift. So I fund it, and we get it. And it comes, and it looks great. I'm happy with it. And I notice that it has a little voice box, but it's not working. Turns out what you have to do to make this voice box work, for whatever reason, is you have to warm it up. That makes no sense for technology. Like, I don't think my phone is just all of a sudden, like, I really got to rub the back and, you know, get it warmed up, and then it works good. That's, like, get a new phone. Uh, this is how the stuffed animal works. If you want the voice box to work, you need to hold it by a light, which we've done, or you need to wrap it in an electric blanket, or my boy's favorite, you, you, dad sits on it. Um, <laughs> which is weird to like think about, right? Like it's, you, you really contemplate where your life's taking a turn when boys are yelling at you, sit on the spider, sit on the spider. You think, what, what's my life come to? And the really funny thing is I was going to bring it, but like all good investments, when you give it to your kids, uh, we can't find it. So uh, that's another good thing about investing into stuffed animals. Um, it's funny, just I, what I love about this whole idea of Kickstarter is just simply the investing that we do. But the reality is we don't just do it on websites. We do this in all parts of our lives. In all sections of our lives, we choose to invest in different ways. And then in, uh, in myself, you know, sometimes we make good choices like coming to church and being investing in, in your spiritual life and in, into a community where God is going to grow you. But sometimes I don't necessarily invest well either. You know, sometimes I invest into TV shows where I watch the great uh, British Bake Off show or Forged in Fire, which, yes, I know those are like polar opposite, right? One's like completely manly and the other one's not at all manly, but I'm a complicated man with complicated taste. Um, but it just it's sometimes we have these things that we... Uh, 
we want to do, but necessarily not the best investment in our time. And that's fine. We all make investments in different ways, whether it's TV shows, whether it's you're going to play games with your kids, or you're going to watch the game on TV. Are you going to sit down at the table and have dinner, or are you just going to watch around the TV because that makes the kids happier? Are you going to invest in the relationships around you with your coworkers or your neighbors, or are you just going to be what I do sometimes, which is just drive into my, my garage and hit the button before I get out of the car so that no one's allowed to talk to me? Uh, you know, how are you going to be investing your time? Because the reality is uh, we all have a limited amount of time, and what we do with it is really important. And that's what we kind of, as we jump into our scripture today, we find a Paul writing to Timothy, and we're going to be in 2 Timothy. Um, we're going to kind of look at the whole book. It's only four chapters, but we're going to be looking specifically at chapter two, so if you want to turn there now. But in 2 Timothy, we see a Paul who has aged a bit. Uh, he, he's a little more reflective in this uh, book, in this letter to uh, Timothy. And what's interesting about this time is he's really getting personal with Timothy. This necessarily wasn't necessarily a letter that was like written specifically to be read out loud, even though I'm sure he knew it would be. Um, but this was not his main goal. It actually is a letter that he's really just confiding in another younger pastor. And so uh, Paul starts off speaking to Timothy, and the first thing he kind of talks about is how uh, other people have invested in his life. Second uh, Timothy chapter 1 verses 5 and 7 say I am reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and now in your or in your mother also Eunice and I am persuaded now lives in you also for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands for the spirit of God gave us does not make us timid but gives us power love, and self-discipline. I think this is awesome because it helps us to remember that each one of us are not here on our own. Uh, each one of us are actually standing on the shoulders of many other people, many other believers who have been working with God. It's ultimately God's the reason why you are here, why we, any of us really matter. But God uses his people to do his work. And so for many of us, we are standing on the shoulders of many other people in our lives. It could be your grandparents who first showed you what true faith looks like. It could be your parents. It could be a friend. It could be a teacher. It could be a number of different people who have invested their life into yours and to help you to grow to understand who Jesus is. And so I know for myself, there are many people even within this church that I have to thank because I am who I am because people have taken time and effort to invest into me who, to make me who I am and to grow my faith. But here's the thing. The kingdom of God is much bigger than we realize. It's, it's so much bigger than what we realize. Sometimes we only think of the people who are around us, but there's so many random people that God uses to bless us in so many different ways. 
You don't know how many random Christians have prayed for you in different times. It could be a teacher in a class that you didn't even know was a believer. It could be uh, just uh, someone on the side, a friend, a, a mom's friend. You know, someone like that has prayed for you that you have no idea has done anything. And, and what made me think about this is I was driving uh, past Ivanhoe where I used to work as a custodian. And there was a young man there who I used to mentor now eight years ago. Um, and what made me think about it is I was praying for him. I was just lifting him up. He got laid him on my heart, and I was just praying for him as I was driving past. And all of a sudden, I thought, man, I wonder how many times this has happened to me that I had no idea that this has happened. See, no one is here by accident. You're not even here on church by accident. There have been people working to try to help you to understand who Jesus is so that he can help you uh, understand that he's the one that made you and has the best thing in store for you and that no other thing that you do in your life will matter as much as the fact of you understanding that Jesus is king and, and has died for you. And he, there's so many people who have prayed for you. That, that boy will never know that I prayed for him. That boy will never, I'll have no idea if he even lives around here. I don't know his family. I will never know him again. But I prayed for him. And there's so many people that have done that, I'm sure, through our life. I'm sure if we were able to see the perspective of God of how many people have been influential in our life, you would see just a massive train of God's people who have been doing his work to help you to come to know who he is. I want to say this, that as when we're adopted into God's family, we are never alone. You're never alone. There's always a community of believers there for you. And I just want to speak against that evil one who wants to just constantly tell us no one understands you, no one gets you, you're all by yourself. And the truth is, no, not when you're part of God's family. You're never alone. You always have a place in God's family. So then uh, Paul gets a little more personal again with Timothy, and he starts talking about the investment that Paul has made into uh, Timothy's life in uh, verses 13 and 14 of chapter 1. It says, what you have heard from me keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Paul's saying, hey, a lot has been given to you. A lot has been poured into you. You know a lot, not because of your own knowledge, but because of the Holy Spirit working within you to reveal these things to you. Don't waste it. Don't let those things slip by. And I think that's an important thing for us to recognize is there are so many times where we know certain things and we've been given certain things and we need to understand that that comes with a charge with it. We should not waste it. We can't let those things slip by. They're not just for us. They're for people around us. And we'll come back to that in a bit. But that leads us right to 2 Timothy uh, chapters 1 through 10, where we'll be camping out for a bit. So go ahead and turn your Bibles there while I take a drink real fast. So this is what it says. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the thing that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a Lord gets to entangled with civil affairs, but rather tries, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who is competing as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. 
The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive his shares of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Remember, Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's, words, God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So Paul is saying, first off, right off the bat, after we've talked about the fact that people have invested into him, that he needs to turn around and invest into other people. That's kind of the, 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 the call as a Christian to be investing in people around us. And so this is kind of how I, I picture it. You'll notice that there's this random table behind me. And this is kind of how I see it in my brain because I have to make things work in simple forms. Um, I think of us as sponges. Many of us are sponges, and we soak up what's around us. And when we come to Jesus, he makes us a new sponge. But as he makes us, uh, we understand that a sponge is only as good as when it has something in it, right? Like right now, I could maybe soak some things up, but then nothing good comes after that, right? It's just nasty. It only comes when we have water, right? And as Christians, we understand that we need the living water of God to be poured into us so that we are useful in any kind of way. And so that's exactly what happens in our life. As we come to know Jesus, as we come to uh, read our Bibles, God pours his wisdom and his blessing into our life. And we, we start to feel that, that fullness in our hearts. And, and all of a sudden, those empty spots that we felt all of our life start to be filled by his grace. And, and as we come around his people and in our prayer time, and as we show up on Sunday and just all those different ways, God continues to pour his blessing into our lives. But then there comes a point when something happens. At some point, we start to notice that we kind of feel full. Not that we ever truly are full, it's just that we kind of start to feel that way. We don't feel as empty as we used to, and so in that, for some reason, we just kind of feel like, yeah, this is, this is good enough. I feel good enough, you know? And so then we get to the, what I think is actually the most dangerous stage of our faith, the enough stage is what we'll call it, where I know enough about God, I know enough about Jesus, I, I go to church enough, I give enough. I do enough, I, I, can't, I mean, Pastor Russ can say a verse and I kind of know where it is, I at least know which half. We get to that stage where we kind of feel settled with our walk with Jesus and we just think, yeah, this is good enough. I know enough. And the scary part about enough stage is it looks like you're growing. You're coming to church, maybe sometimes. You're maybe volunteering in one spot or two, maybe. But really, it's just about settling. It's about starting to chase after comfort rather than chase after Jesus. It's about de deciding that you don't want to give up certain parts of your life. We just want enough of Jesus so that we don't have to go too far with him. I see this a lot with uh, young people. But I think it's something that we all struggle with. We just learn how to hide it better as we get older. Is the fact that sometimes we want to play this game with Jesus and we want to say, I just want to get close enough to you so I don't go to hell, but not close enough to you that I have to give all this other stuff up. 
I don't want to live in an uncomfortable place. I'm afraid you're going to call me to something that I don't want to do. And so I just want to get out of hell and just be able to have enough of you to get past that line and no, no further, Jesus. I, I'm just good with right here on this plate with my life. But there's a problem with that. We're not meant to live here. The problem is what happens if I leave this spot, this sponge right here, here for a month? What happens to the sponge? starts to stink. It starts to get grody, right? It starts to get, you know, anyone who washes dishes knows that if you leave the sponge there for a month, right, it just starts to get nasty, especially full of water. You know, you're just going to throw that away. You're not going to try to save that. Here's the reality is, I think in many of our lives, that's the same thing that happens. We'll sit there for months, sometimes years, in that enough stage, and the truth is, is our life stinks, because you're not really growing with Christ. You're not taking those next steps with him. All you're trying to do is just live in a place where nothing gets, you don't get rocked too much. And so this enough stage becomes actually one of the most dangerous things to us because it lies to us so much. Because we're losing water the whole time. We don't even notice it. We're not being poured into anymore. We don't want that. What we'll notice is that God calls us to a different lifestyle. It's not about just us. It's not about us just being enough. It's about recognizing when you come to Jesus that you're not enough and that this world does not offer you enough. And so we soak up Jesus and we start to realize that we are supposed to take these blessings and actually pour them out into the world that anything that you're taught is supposed to be shared with people around you. Those blessings that you've been given is supposed to be shared with people around you. It could be coworkers, it could be family members, it could be people within this church. As God pours into your life, you then pour that out to other people and it multiplies your faith. It's not about us. We have everything we need in Jesus. It's all about God using us to love other people, to change the world around you, to be a difference in your community. That's what God calls us to do, and that's what, that's what Paul is calling Timothy to do. What you've been poured into, what's been poured into you, now share that with people who are going to then share that with other people, who are gonna then share that with other people, and all of a sudden you'll see a whole different landscape in our community. See, I think that many of us here constantly talk ourselves out of doing God's will, we talk ourselves out of taking those steps to put ourselves out there to share our blessings with people around us because we don't want to be weird. You don't want to be that awkward person who kind of puts yourself out there to give a compliment, to uh, give encouragement, to maybe give a gift, any of those things. Sometimes we hold back because we're afraid that we'll look weird. And many times we miss God's blessing in our own life and sharing God's blessing with people out of fear of being weird. And I want to say that there's so much more for our lives than just fearing about being weird. God wants to do so much more with us if we just be willing to share the blessings that we have. I think there are people here that this week God answered you in some miraculous way and you've already talked yourself out of not sharing that with somebody. Maybe it was just as simple as you had a really good week and, and your family situation, whatever kind of hap was happening with that, it just was a good week for that. And praise God, your kids are just, they had a faith moment where they kind of started to understand the Bible and man, that was such a great moment, but you didn't share that with anybody because well, you kind of feel like maybe they were supposed to know that already. 
Or maybe you were reading your Bible, and in your Bible time, God just spoke to you in a big way, and you thought about sharing that uh, on some social media or here at church, and, and, and you thought about sharing it, but instead you held back because, again, you thought, well, maybe I was supposed to know that already, or maybe it was silly that it didn't, that hit me so much. <laughs> Share that. We need that as a community. Lord knows we need a lot more Bible verses on our feeds than political ads. So please share those moments that God is sharing with you. I think God has answered prayer amongst us, but sometimes we downplay it so much that we don't get to, we don't share that with people. We don't value the sharing with those people around us. So here's my question, my first question. Where do you need to be pouring yourself out? Where in your life do you need to be pouring those blessings that God's pouring into you? Because the truth is, is I have a limited supply of water, but when God pours into us, it's like a waterfall. It never ends. It just keeps coming down in our life. And we are the only ones who usually block it when we want to get on this enough stage. God will keep filling us up constantly in our life. We don't have to worry about that. God got us on that. The next thing that Paul talks about to Timothy is this weird section, it's right afterwards, where he talks about these three people, right? He talks about a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. And if you take the theme of each one of these, it's all about being intentionally enduring. Intentional endurance is all about the fact that you're going to be be, uh, intentional about what you're doing, but you're going to actually Uh, you're going to push through the hard stuff. See, in order for us to be able to share God's word with people, God's love with people, sometimes it takes to be intentional. I mean, you can, sometimes we like to lie to ourselves and say, well, look it, it's dripping. Like, I'm a blessing to my work. I'm a blessing to my family. This is just how my life is. I just kind of let that trickle out of me, the blessing of God. (laughs) Now, if you look at Jesus' ministry, he was super intentional, you look at the apostles, they were super intentional with their, their lives. And in that same way, God calls us to be super intentional with our lives so that when we see someone, when we see a need, when, we, when God moves in our hearts, we're intentional and we share God's blessing wherever he calls us to share it. Now, I want to be careful with this because sometimes we think, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And then we do it and it doesn't go the way we thought it was going to go. It doesn't really feel that great. Sometimes it feels hard. Sometimes it doesn't pay off. And I can tell you, as someone who's been doing youth ministry for 13 years, some of the people that I've invested in, some of the people that I've poured myself out into are still not doing very good, are still doing terrible, in fact, maybe even worse. And I've had a hard time sometimes looking at my life and saying, what was that about? Like, he was good with me for two years, but now he's still living at home with his father and doing all kinds of stuff that he shouldn't be doing. And man, what, what was that about? Was that even worth it? But that's when we trust in Jesus, that it's not about the results. It's all about the fact that we are going to endure and be intentional about where we pour out because God's going to be intentional about pouring into us as well. It's not that he accidentally blesses us. He blesses us intentionally, on purpose. 
And he wants you to share that with other people. My, I, I, I believe that the first couple years of my understanding who Jesus was, I was 20 years old, 19, 20 years old, and I, my understanding of who he was grew crazy fast. Not because I'm like a smart guy, because look at my grades, they're terrible. Uh, but but it, it was because everything I learned, I shared right away. Because I, I had to. I was leading a youth group, and so I needed to share it as fast as possible. So I was learning it as fast as possible. You want to grow in your faith quickly? Start pouring out. Start emptying yourself out so that you can be used in a mighty way. So here's my second question to you. Who do you need to be intentionally discipling in your life? Because we have to remember that Jesus, when he was here, he called us to do something, right? We see Matthew 28, 19 through 20. His call for us is to go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age we are called to make disciples. And this is not just for the elders and the staff and those mature Christians. He said this, and it's for everybody. Every one of them. If you know Jesus as Lord, you're called to make disciples. That is a charge to you. That's what your life should be about now. And that doesn't mean that we all need to become pastors. We just do that in a number of different ways. For many of you, it's your kids or it's your nephews and nieces, it's those kids around you that you can be pouring into and helping them to be raised up in Christ. Even if their moms and dads aren't believers, you can be that influence in their life. There's so many times that I'll sit and I'll talk to a kid, whether at tech or in youth group or somewhere, and I'll ask them if they have any faith in their family or if they know anyone, and then there's so many times it's a grandma it's an aunt. It's someone who's been praying with them and they have an understanding of who Jesus is because of that person because they've been intentionally pouring out into their lives. We are called to be those people. But here's the thing. Does that mean that you know, in order to do that, you have to know everything? No. No, you'll never know everything. Is it to, to be a person who is pouring out by Jesus? Do you have to live a perfectly sinless life? No, otherwise I'd be not even in the building. All you have to do to be able to share God's love and make disciples is to be chasing after him with everything that you got. To be willing to say, God, I'm not enough and I need you to come through so I have something to share to people. So God, use me, I'm willing. And man, he'll blow you away. He'll take you places you never even thought of. Those things that make you so fearful now will become easy to you because God is the one doing it. He loves to work within our weaknesses so that we can shine his strength. So try it. Try him. Watch him shine through you in some major ways. So who are you supposed to be intentionally discipling in your life? It's for all of us. Paul ends this little section of his letter with a trustworthy saying. He says, if, if we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. I think of it like this. Back to my table. As we come to know Jesus, he makes us a new creation. And as we endure, we will reign with him. 
those moments that you're squeezed out, you'll start to see God do some amazing thing in people's life and you'll just be like, man, I am so grateful that I invested in that person or I prayed for that person or I did this ministry or I did that. It just God will move in some amazing ways and you'll just feel like this is what the kingdom of God's all about. If we settle and we deny him, we deny moving forward with him, and we live in this enough stage, don't be surprised when we get to heaven and we say, I didn't know you. And he says, I don't know you. You thought you had enough of me? No. But what I love about this is even when we doubt, even when we fear, even when we have all of those moments of questioning, even when we're faithless to him, even when we sin against him still today, he remains faithful to us, constantly pouring into our lives, constantly working in our lives because he can't deny who he is. He loves us. He's been loving us. Before we were even a thought in anyone's head, he loved you so much. He loved you so much, in fact, that he, 2,000 years ago, came and interrupted humanity's history with the birth of a little baby. And 2,000 years ago, this little boy ended up growing up and living a sinless life. And in that time, he could have been the only one who said, I know God enough, because he was God. But instead of living in the stage of just getting himself to heaven and living this perfect sinless life, he decided to instead take himself and pour himself out and endure the cross for us to cover all of our sins and our, our mistakes. And instead of being these people who are pushed away from God, we were adopted into his family as sons and daughters. Not as strangers, not as slaves, not as servants, but as sons and daughters. And it is that exact thing that brings us to this table today. And so I want to pray for us, and I'm going to invite Pastor Russ to come up and and share the rest. God, I thank you that you uh, that we come to you and we can say Abba, Dad, that we can know you in that kind of way where you are just so personally connected to our lives that we are right there with you, that you're not a stranger far away even though you run the entire universe, you know us by name. You know us so much that you, your word says you know every hair on our head. That is just crazy to me. But it's that intimate that you are in our lives. And so Jesus, we thank you that you came 2,000 years ago, that you died on that cross for us. And I pray for anyone who doesn't quite know that yet in their life, that they could come to know who you are, Jesus, that you are not a God far away, but you're a God right here. And God, whether that's in the next step for him, that's right after church or something else, God, I pray that people would come around and start to know you better and find ways to be taking that next step in their life. Thank you for loving us, Jesus. It's in your name we pray, amen.